0: Cannon podcast it's sunday you know what that means it's time for geek news of the week we are your hosts i'm Boris and this week i'm joined by Phil hey 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 <laughs> god
1: damn it
2: what was that are you oh god bad
0: albert albert <coughs> yeah and... that was I was like what tyler
1: uh, because of certain news this week that I imagine we might go over briefly, uh, from now on, I need to be called award-winning Tyler.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I love it. That's what it is. It is, it is the, is, it's Canon podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things geek. We talk about everything in movies, everything in video games, everything in comics, everything on TV, everything in the land of Star Wars, everything in Lego. Everything books anything and everything and the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. Alright, guys, another week. We have a fun week this week. Um, you know, I've we've been super focused the past three weeks on like four, five, six episodes a week. Uh this week, simply because of timing, simply because a lot of focus has been put onto PlayStation 5 and Xbox One. We're only gonna have one. Episode of the news We will have our Which is today, Sunday Tomorrow on Monday We are going to have our Mando Monday As we review and analyze Season 2 Episode 3, Chapter 11 With a listener of the It's Canon Podcast, Andy um And then No episode on Wednesday So this week we are merging Our news and featured episode And then on Thursday It is NXT talk with myself and Matt As we chat about all things NXT So that's what the schedule looks like this week It's going to be a um, You know, as we go into the holiday season For our American listeners um, You know, I think next week We will be back to the full spectrum of episodes But we'll see what happens this week Phil how is everything going?
2: Uh, it's going great. Um, I know this might be off of our radar a little bit, but it, it just kind of popped into my head. When you mentioned about all things Lego, there was a little bit of Lego news this week. So, yeah, Ooh. I wouldn't mind talking about that at some point.
0: All right. All right. So. All right. Cool. Um, what are you watching? What, what What's going on in the world of of Phil.
2: Uh it's actually you know what, content wise it's pretty pretty quiet other than the Mandalorian as we talked about. Um I gotta catch up on Brave New World. Um and other than that, I kinda found out that they cut off my HBO after all. <laughs> so Aww. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure that end of things out, but oh I've been watching um Oh, you know what's funny? It's not really geeky though. You guys might appreciate this. You might not. and McGregor used to do a show, uh, Long Way Round, where he'd get on a motorbike yeah. and go around the world with oh. his friend Charlie Borman. And then they did oh. a show, a follow-up show, called Long Way Down. And it was him and Charlie going from London to South Africa Ooh. on their motorbikes. Now, Apple TV Plus has acquired the rights for those shows. So, number one, it's broadcasting them. But number two they funded and made a new show called Long Way Up, which is you oh. and Charlie going from uh, uh, Argentina to Los Angeles. But here's the catch. It's all using electric motorcycles, and it's all using uh, the Revan concept vehicles for support vehicles, electric uh, uh, pickup trucks. Very oh, nice. so neat. It's, um, it's really interesting seeing them trying to traverse the different countries the different power grids the different challenges with the weather uh with the coldness with the battery response and these guys have no freaking clue what they're doing harley davidson made them some custom bikes some custom electric bikes that they uh touring bike and man oh man i just eat that stuff up i really do it is a lot of fun so i give that two thumbs up in the non-geek world but it's good to see ewan's Getting ready for Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, think that counts as geek world personally.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's motorcycle geek.
1: Yeah, they're a type of geek. We let yeah. them into the family.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Tyler, how I about you? What have you been watching? What's new? What's going on in the world of Tyler? Any more uh, white supremacist oh. stories? Any more? What's going on? Oh, I I have
1: three pieces of good news about the store. Um, which is where all my news is this week from the store. Number one is, yeah, the white supremacists came back, and um, based upon some of the recent politic politics and what's happening in the United States, they're a little bit sour grapes. Womp, womp, womp. So, yeah, right. So it's like, oh my fan, that's too bad. That yep. This has happened to you. Yep. So I'm feeling good about that. And then the other good piece of news is, uh, as of last night. Um, my store, the one I run and manage and like, I'm, I'm doing a ton for, uh, we won number three for the best hobby and collectible store in Mrs. in Milton. Yeah. Uh, without knowing we were in the running, uh, they never actually told us. So I never advertised and still got third. And number two is I got third in the greater Toronto area. Yeah. Ooh. I beat silver snail. I beat every board game store. Wow. I I was beaten by Mastermind Games.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And
1: a a store I have never heard of.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) There you go. Congrats, man. Very good news. Very good news. That feels good. Very good news. And you were also able to get your hands on a PlayStation 5 yeah
1: uh it, it, boris and phil know the weird story that happened of i briefly had two by accident um when i got a call from my local eb games after ordering one online and the little eb games was like yeah we have one for you and i'm like but you said you didn't before you said you didn't have enough and they were like that is what we said are you coming tomorrow to pick it up or no
0: yeah so yeah. It's been very weird. The rollout has been very, very weird and like ominous. Like, I don't know if anyone really knows what's going on. I feel like just, you know, EB stores might have five, they might have 500. EB stores, Mm -hmm. you know, Amazon, as soon as an order is canceled, it'll come back up. And if you're lucky enough to be online, you scoop it up and everything is good and kosher. But it's just been a very awkward um, rollout. We'll talk a little bit more about it as we talk about, you know, our experiences with the PlayStation 5. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it's just this, a lot is going on, and I'm not too sure about it. Um, Phil, I know that you made one big purchase at least last night, so congrats on that yeah. one. You bought yourself a yeah, new I
2: Yeah, I, I, got, I got, you know, Tyler was trying to orchestrate Uh, The second PS5 to me And it ultimately didn't materialize Which is fine, I appreciate all of Tyler's efforts on that But I decided You know what, I'm going to just Take the pressure off myself Because I can buy the games online Or in the store anyway For the PS4 in most cases Like, uh, darn, I'm not going to be able to play The Demon Souls, the Dark Souls Like, (laughs) pre-game Which I never touch with a 10-foot pole Anyway um. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to buy a nice new mic. And uh, that's being shipped to me. So it should be here by next episode, I'm hoping.
1: Very cool. So, An even butterier Phil voice.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I was watching some comparisons, and it's it's different from a, right now. I'm using a Blue Yeti, uh, mm-hmm. which seems to sound pretty good. Uh, this is a little more MIDI, uh, mid-range uh, active, which I think will benefit fit but uh only testing and software configuration will tell so i'm gonna be able to get a little bit sweaty on on some of that stuff so i'm excited about that Ooh. and it's got capacitive touches on it Ooh. very cool very cool Ooh. So. Yeah. ah <laughs> yeah mike geek stuff like yeah this, this is this is deep deep in the hole oh uh, <laughs> look uh, some people that some people are here for
1: that
0: yeah
2: oh i mean i remember me. I looked on YouTube last night and I was shocked.
0: Oh, it's crazy, man. It's man. honestly well, crazy. I don't know if we still have it now.
1: But we used to have so many people ask like, what do you use for your setup? And Boris would be like, I hate you.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I get asked all the time because yeah. one thing that, it's, you know, it's a thing. So these are the compliments that we get on the show. It has nothing to do with the actual content of the show. Um it's always, "Hey, we love no, your no team." It's like, of course you do. Kevin O'Leary made it—the real Kevin O'Leary, not the guy who crashes boats. Um, yeah. We, you know, so that's the number one feedback <laughs> I always get. It's like, kudos on the theme. It's like, cool. I had nothing to do with it. Um, uh, the, even though that's like a bit of a lie, but one day we're gonna have Kevin on to actually talk about, you know, what he does and how he made this theme. But that's regard. That's beside the point. The second compliment we get is, "Hey, for a podcast, you guys sound pretty good. How do you do it?" Um, and it's really hard to describe Especially now that I don't use a physical mixer I used to um, You know, five years ago uh, Kyle, Tyler, and myself Used to sit in, the, you know, my, my apartment um, And we used to all record together And I would... It was, you know, doing the mixing and the hosting and the new stuff, and it, the setup was just insane. If now that I think back about it, um, but you know, it, it worked really well, and we had really good sounding podcasts over time. Um, but now I use a digital mixer, and um, it's 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 it has its pros and its cons, and overall, like I'm satisfied. Uh, at some point, we will have to get to physical mixing again um, But, like, right now, I'm happy You know, the episodes sound good um, I, We do minimal editing, if humanly possible uh, So, you know, everything is good um, And then the third thing that we always get uh, And I guess this is towards more the content But it's, uh, you know, you guys are hilarious You guys are real, blah, blah, blah um, So, you know, um, one thing that does come up, and this is like the perfect segue into our first and most—I'm not going to say important—but it's something that I want to highlight um, news item, and that is, you know, people always ask how much prep do we do, um, because you know, apparently sometimes we actually do sound like we know what we're doing. Um, and one thing that I always say is that you know, it, it's—it's—I try to keep it very lax, like you know, we have a. Messenger thread where we send each other Stuff throughout the week Um, And I mainly send them Links so that I know where to look When I actually need them I have a Google Docs page where I Keep all the links Um, and Sometimes I just don't have the time to open That up so I I put it in our Messenger thread and you know We have a quick discussion about it One thing that I try to do Is Mm -hmm. I try to minimize chat About specific things For example one rule, the no- one number one rule is between Friday and Sunday we do not talk about Mandalorian outside of saying holy shit or what the fuck. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to, you know, and and you know, everyone sends links. So I have links from Phil, I have links from Tyler and we kind of try to create somewhat of a format. I know that sometimes I jump back and forth a lot, but as we're recording, we're still. I'm still kind of browsing and seeing if there's any breaking news. Typically, there's not when we record our news episode on Sunday, which is typically <laughs> when we record our news episode. But for example, last Monday, our you know I, the entire agenda that I had got thrown to the garbage because the Square Enix news trumped everything <laughs> that we were going to talk about. So, you know, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of back and forth, um, and it it really is actually a lot more prep that we do for this show than I think about. It. But a lot of it, you know, I just don't think about because it's stuff that I would do regardless of whether I was hosting a show or be- being on a podcast or whatever. Um do you guys agree with my assessment so far?
1: I agree with everything you're saying.
0: Alright. Yep. That that yep. silence I, I know that really
2: scared me that for a it, second. It, it...
0: Well,
1: well I, it... I said <laughs>
2: You know what, like having the Mandalorian show for myself just really made me look at the prep in a different way. You know, I know I've done a couple of news episodes and whatnot, but really you're kind of scouring the news and capturing the reaction. So you can't script it or anything like that. But with the Mandalorian episodes, I I have to, you know, watch the show, enjoy it as a fan. And then the subsequent day I start doing my research and my deeper dives, which isn't work for me. Um, I do try to, my notes are insane for that, those shows. Like just so everybody knows a lot of the time, depending on the guest and the discussion that we have, it can be like herding cats. Like the, it's organic, but some of some of the stuff that I make notes on, or that I think is extremely important gets cast aside just because we chase down real reaction and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I find that that's always a surprise. And you know, like this week again, you know, Andy did a great job in bringing ideas to the table. As did Carl, and, and but you know, like <clears throat> when it came to last week's guest and 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 whatnot, it, it got sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> so, it it's it's hard to predict.
0: It really is. <laughs> That's all I could say. It really is. And you know, to the point, I guess, short story long, is you know. What, how do we choose what actually gets put on the news? You know, being in the geek world, there's a million and one websites. There's infinity plus one websites in regards to, you know, geek news and, and this and that. And most of the time, a lot of the places report on the same thing. But, you know, one kind of general, not I don't want to say rule, but guideline i like to have with, the, with uh, Phil and Tyler is... You know, let's try to validate what we're gonna say. You know, in regards to sources, in regards to like the the level of of of, of, of I guess truth it is. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I never wanted. And going back to two thousand fifteen, when it was Kyle, Tyler, and myself, to now that it's Phil, Tyler, and myself. Um, you know, I don't want to report on hearsay and gossip. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes. I will leave out a news item for until the following week, so that you know we can do some kind of verification in our own way. Uh, so, so, you know, I try not to add rumors, innuendo, speculation into this. You know, and it, sometimes it's really difficult when you're dealing with video games, when you're dealing with Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. we can make a whole episode. About fake Star Wars news, um, you know, when we had Matt Elfring on, even he was saying, like, to him, it's just really mm-hmm. funny how much, how many times a fan site can report on something, um, you know, uh, you know, so and so is actually so and so's father, you know, and then mm-hmm. other sites will pick up on that, and then at some point, there's so many bullshit sites reporting this that a mainstream site is going to pick it up and run with it and i think a good example of that was a, is a discussion that we're going to have on monday in regards to you know the cancel culture and baby yoda trying to be canceled um you yeah. know so it, it it it's hard for us sometimes but other times it's you know i i just completely avoid things at first sight So yesterday, I was perusing through the internet, trying to plan out what our news episode was going to look like, and there was a few articles that really, you know, caught my eye. And it dealt with the most stressful video games based on average heart rate uh, beats per minute. So, obviously, the first site that I saw, you know, had 10 games, and it gave you what the... uh, Average heart rate was. And then I started noticing other sites were reporting on the same quote unquote study. And I'm using study very, very loosely <laughs> right now. Um, and the irony here is that they had a different list from the first site. Then I go to a, the same my, source. Same source. Third link. Same bullshit study being referenced, but they had. A different list from the first two. So, this, I I noticed this trend and I kept every click, every link I clicked, it had a different list. Same study was being sourced. It was the same, um, you know, basic story, but the actual list on the games would change from site to site to site. Um, And, you know, this is one of those things where it's just, for me, it's just absolute irresponsible um, reporting That just gets blown way up and out of proportion And then at this point, it's like, who do you believe? So, here's the thing The fact that there's just so much wrong with here It's really hard for me to break this down Alright, let's start with the fact That this quote-unquote study that took place So, uh, it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling So, number one, when it comes to gamers I think it's very difficult to um, you know quantify and kind of have a good baseline in regards to something like heart rate with gamers. Um, mm-hmm. you know how how do you baseline this? So, you know, there was no rep more there was no additional information on how they picked their test subjects. You know, who these test subjects were, where they lived, what system was their favorite. There's there's just left there was a lot of questions that I had when I read yeah. the first article. But then when you're actually reading this, this quote-unquote study was based on 14 gamers.
1: Which for anyone who knows stats, that's, that's too small. You cannot deduce anything
0: from that number.
2: <laughs> yep. You can deduce people played games.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it was <laughs> this experiment included a sample of 14 gamers whose heart rates were measured using heart rate monitors while playing a selection of games for at least 15 hours per week at a maximum of 30 minutes each.
2: Like what? Fitbit heart rate monitors?
0: That's the thing. Well, I mean, that's another question. That's another question that I had. <laughs> but, you know, Tyler, what's your take on this?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, we had to, I, I need to share the funny story for when Boris first shared this in the chat. Um, I had a very long week. Like I was just tired by the end of the week and nothing special. But I my brain was unable to parse why Boris would share this. And Boris was like, this is what we're covering. And I was like, is this where I quit? Are we actually covering this story? Do I have to fight Boris now? Because I, I was like, it was me just being too tired. And I was like, I had to send Boris like, what are you talking about? what's the story we're covering? And he had to tell me that like, this is bullshit. And at the end of the day, it is. And I've, I do some journalism work other than this. And I have turned down gigs because I think this is just flat out irresponsible. And, and we see it all over the place of like a thing becomes a story with one gaming website. And then 12 others will do the same story because it's being done elsewhere. And it's not even news. It's just, it's not a story. Until enough people say it is. Yep. yep. It's
2: clickbait. Like, 100%. honestly, like, it, it, it's sensational in approach. It's, it's lacking in any type of diligence. Agreed. And it's there to be, like, I even logged into Facebook. All right, people? I don't like going into Facebook. I logged into Facebook and I saw this bullshit all over the place. Like, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I understand what Boris was going for now. Because mm-hmm. this is, yeah, it's tripe. Like, Mario Kart is the number one most stressful game in the universe. Yeah. I'm like, Mario Kart? Oh, man, that's, like, the most fun game there is. Like, what is happening in people's homes? And then, oh, it's 14 people's homes. Okay. None of their homes.
1: In a lab environment, maybe.
2: Who knows? Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, all right, you're going to play Mario Kart or we're cutting your pinky finger off. Like, all right, my Gosh. heart rate. Ah! Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just a... like,
2: Mario Kart's, like, fun. <laughs> it's yeah. not stressful. Yeah, like, yeah and, and immediately, Tyler and I were like, well, we hate all but, like, two of these games. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that also happened.
2: Yeah. Like, ugh. It was...
0: Yeah. Dirty. See, and one thing I always I, tell these guys is, you know, there is a method to my madness. Like, there always is a reason why I send you guys something. And it's funny because I sent it without context, knowing <laughs> I was going to get blowback from the two of you. Uh, Here's the thing.
2: You know what? Like, I would have just eviscerated it online. Lo- like, if you didn't want to discuss it, I would have been okay with it. And then I'm going to go poo poo on it when we talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep.
0: And, it, you know, and this simple. is the thing. Like, if you do a search for. A Google search for most stressful games—you'll find all these articles. We're not going to go through any list because th- that, we're not, we're not reporting on this. The point, yeah. The the point right now we're, that we're trying to make is that you know, for that, this is just absolute irresponsible journalism. But the issue that I have is that a legitimate website at that point might actually pick this up and mm-hmm. you know put it into the quote unquote mainstream. So if you Google most stressful games and you click on the news articles, you'll see the websites, and you really have to number one question what you know where these websites are coming from. Um, the fact that every link refers to a study, but no one actually knows where this study was done, is hilarious. Yep, you can't find more information on this study. So for those of you who don't, you know arose through, um, you know, studies and medical journals and things like that. You know, you have to have various sources and you can there's articles just on the study and how this study was conducted. Um, You can't find any of that information anywhere. Um, The fact that the lists are different for every single article is the fact that just gets to me. Um, And, you know, none of these websites surprise me that they picked up on this. Uh, I'm not gonna name any of them, but you know it's i'm not I'm not shocked at who's reporting on this story. I'm just more scared and this is like you know putting this out of the geek world. this is how shit gets started
2: like I'm just gonna say this is this like that like somebody trying to start a video games are evil type discussion?
1: Oh, I don't like, think so. I don't to think so.
2: Inadvertently fuel a. But well, look at the heart rates of the children. Kind of reaction, right? The Where it's like,
0: like no, you, you I'm going to let the nail my on the kid head. play while... Mario
2: Kart tonight.
0: Well, ah! no, his no, heart thing, will Phil. explode. That's the thing, Phil. You know, while this isn't directly saying that, if I was a journalist, you know, trying to make um, a controversial piece about video games, I would for mm-hmm. sure begin referencing all of this and say look this isn't good for you it's not healthy for you if this is what your heart rate looks like after you know 30 minutes of playing a video game what's the long-term damage you know
2: as well i'm gonna put it out there and i know we try to avoid this i'm not gonna directly finger point it but is it not a result of kind of our anti-news cycles that have been pressed upon us through society like and you know just looking at the united states and maybe it's... a lot of the trump stuff that's going on where it's a denial of a lot of stuff where it's like well no i i do have the truth there's a study you can look it up and you know people are asking where's the study what are you talking about like well yeah. you could just look it up and this kind of reeks of that yeah to
0: me. here's the thing i feel like that's part of it here here's kind of where this vicious cycle comes into play You know, right now, we are led to believe that mainstream media is nothing but bullshit. So, we rely on other sources. Now, these other sources might be Boris, Phil, and Tyler's website, who, you know, we're making bullshit up as we go along, right? So, then Mm -hmm. people are going to start reading that and taking that as the Bible. Um, And the problem with that is that, at that point, we're just creating bullshit. Um, So. You know, it's this vicious cycle of I don't believe the mainstream media I'm going to try to find other places that have good information But what I find that happens is that you're going to um, gravitate towards a a website that agrees with my thoughts You know, it's something that Mm -hmm. I always say is Just because you don't agree with something on the news doesn't make it fake news You know, so this is why these, these websites are gaining so much momentum. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Angry Phil moment here. This is a pet peeve of mine in the fact that opinion pieces are interpreted as factual and people need to be able to separate the two. We can come on here and say our opinion. That sucks ass, blah, blah, blah. This is the reasons why, but that's not news. That's not news is like factual observations based in in fact an opinion piece is me interpreting that fact and spinning it out
1: no 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 you're slightly off there are three kinds of pieces. there's opinion analysis and news okay fair enough and there is some interaction between them so an opinion is when you say like let's say we look at this article heart rates go up and you say the analysis is heart rates go up and then else says, well, it looks like these might be stressful. Um, it looks like there might be some other factors going on here. Uh, let's continue to watch this. Further studies are probably needed. Opinion is you going that like, oh, this 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 study says this. The analysis means that you're probably getting stressed. And now my opinion is
2: kill all gamers. Right, but that's my point. Is like that yeah. opinion piece is getting presented as the news. 100 percent. In these alternate kind of realities,
0: right? Like, well, that's the issue. These right websites there. that
2: have no accountability.
0: Editorials mm-hmm. does not equal news. Editorial equals opinion on something that's happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. It can be informed by analysis. It can, it yeah. can have components, but it just bothers me. And that's a lot of the time when I see the memes on Facebook, on Twitter, and and things like that. They're based off of. They're trying to factualize an opinion Mm -hmm. in like an editorial. Like I just, you can go consume that. You can agree with it or disagree with it all you want. That's healthy. But I just hate the idea that it's shrouded out there as news. And then somebody goes, well, it's a fact, right? Like this happened because some website wrote it. And I'm like, no, it just means somebody had an interest in something and they had the means to publish it. And come across to your eyeballs, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's just a symptom of the internet. Yeah, but like people can yeah. people can produce and publish whatever they want. Yep, yeah. and they they we're giving them hundred and forty characters at a time means to do it right, or a podcast mic, or whatever. There there's a lot of self expression, and we choose to do it in a creative way, an informed way. We have our opinions on it. You can agree or disagree with them.
0: Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's why really, it's, I, I, it's I, I people, tried. You know, yeah. What I tried to, very hard to do is, you know, read out, give you the headline, give you some backstory, and then make that clear distinction, that wall that, okay, news item mm-hmm. is done. Now here's our opinion.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we stay away. You brought up the Star Wars stuff. I stay away from a lot of that stuff. Like, I'll, I'll speculate openly about the Boba Fett show, but because it's mm-hmm. sourced by Hollywood sources, you know, yep. like we, we have, like there's different levels that happen in accountability world, right? There's the guy that can make the video and just make any claim he wants. I really want this to happen in Star Wars. I hope Dave Filoni makes a Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. And then there's, oh, well, the Hollywood trades are actually being invited in and told yep. that yeah. there's stuff in production. Right now I'm like okay We can kind of talk about This yep. because it's being Legitimately qualified and talked About beyond mm-hmm. I hope this Happens
0: yeah and that's part okay. of the Issue is that you know as The number of these um, You know Smaller websites for lack of a Better term these opinion websites um, As The more they all have The same story you know Someone can easily come in and say oh the mainstream media is ignoring this that means that the mainstream yeah. media is fake news because you know they they don't want to report on the truth you know so God, it's a God, vicious yeah. cycle that's going on and it's just so for me it's so interesting to see how you know in our little segment of the geek world this happens now put ourselves into the mainstream news cycles you know, No wonder there's this battle and war against mainstream media Now, I'm not saying that the mainstream media is perfect I'm not trying to say that I'm also not saying the mainstream media is the end-all, be-all Bible What I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is Watch out, check sources Inform your own opinion Do your own research that doesn't include Facebook and YouTube Um, And, and you know, the, the truth is always somewhere in the middle Or in this case... You know, when you find out that, look, the same website is citing a re- a um, research uh, thing that happened that may or may not have happened, but you can't find any actual information on it. The list that's being generated is different for everyone. You know, that's that's when you really have to start questioning this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Well, I agree. Like, um, I turn on the news and watch the news, and I know I, I didn't cut the cord, and I know a lot of people who have. And I think that that leads to a lot of the confusion that's out there because news becomes something that you get off of the media you're watching, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Facebook, whatever. And people can't separate that opinion piece. But
0: yeah,
1: I mean, I
2: I wish that it was that simple
1: because I do think that it's worth remembering that like the the big granddaddy that made this all happen was Fox News. Yeah. Right. They're the ones that pioneered it. And very recently, there was a legal case that said no sane person would consider Tucker Carlson to be news. Yeah. And that is what the court found. Yeah.
2: And And yet. mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And and I guess the counter argument to that is everything else is leftist or whatever, like from their point of view, which is uh, whether or not I agree with it, it's a point of view. (laughs) <laughs>
0: exactly. That's exactly it. It's so. a point of view. It's in Again, it's an opinion. Um and so you know we we've talked of, and that's how essentially, you know, we Decide on what ends up on the show. There's a lot more to it. You know, we kind of take a look at um, sources, and again, sometimes I might wait a week or two to talk about it because I want to do a little more research on it. Sometimes we're gonna wait on it because it's gonna become a featured episode, um, or sometimes it's you know we'll talk about it, but also want to do a featured episode on it. Netflix, I'm looking at you. Um, so <laughs> you know, it 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 just overall varies now when we're talking about mainstream media and history there we always have to also consider you know revisionist history and 2020 you know the 2020 vision on a certain situation and i think that right now over the past week or so in the geek world you know there's been a um some revisionist history happening with george lucas Um, oh my god Yep. (laughs) What a perfect segue, huh? Yep. Um, And, you know, right now, it's hilarious because from about 1997 to 2005, George Lucas was the evil um, emperor of the Star Wars world. Everyone hated him because he ruined the franchise with the um, prequel trilogy. The only thing that would have, you know, gotten him on Star Wars fans' good books was if he sold the... His property to an even bigger evil empire And he did just that He sold it to Mm -hmm. the evil empire of Disney So somehow, overnight George Lucas went from the enemy To the savior You know, to the, um, to the martyr Not the savior, the martyr of the Star Wars franchise And I know that there's a lot of, uh Rumor and innuendo that he got screwed Um, you know, and, and during development of uh, the the sequel trilogy, but you know, over the past year or so, since the f- uh, fallout of um uh ret- uh rise of Skywalker. rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, George has talked about, or they've come back and looked at old uh, um articles and interviews that he's had, and you know, there seems to be this revisionist history happening. With George Lucas and his impact and his plans in regards to Star Wars, um, Phil, do you want to take over and kind of highlight some of those things that uh, that George Lucas apparently had planned? And then Tyler and I are gonna poo poo all over that.
2: I'm I'm gonna do a fact check
0: <laughs> right now. Oh yeah,
2: in that. This, this all came from a book. The reason why this controversy started was because it came from a book called The Star Wars Archives. This is the second book of the archives dealing with, I believe, the prequel trilogy timeline. And the author interviewed George Lucas. And George brought up these statements in that interview. All right, and this is a book. I've been looking at buying it It's about $260. Damn. All right. This is a damn big book. I've wanted both, but. Darn big So, yeah. So, I don't know that that really, it, it affects my view of it a little bit because I think it's more like George Lucas has a whole bunch of thoughts that run through his head and he spills them out sometimes and they are legitimate thoughts. Like. (laughs) Wouldn't it be neat if R2-D2 had, like, a plastic head and could vacuum as well and be a trash can? (laughs) That's a valid thought. And George could give an interview and say, well, the original impetus for R2-D2 was to be a trash can and a personal vibration unit. And, (laughs) like, that's legitimate. (laughs) All right. These are human thoughts. These are human thoughts that a creative guy had.
0: And I can right. attest to this. I can't agree because I don't know if you guys ever yeah. saw these, but when Star Wars finally came back into the limelight, into you know mainstream, was in the mid '90s uh, when they re- they released the um, the original trilogy on VHS. Uh, mm-hmm. For the first time, and they, it was finally remastered, yada, 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 yada. And they had these interviews with George Lucas at the beginning of the tapes. And some of the shit that he was saying was just so, so oh far fetched. They were so crazy. But the reason why some of these do stand out is because he was talking about, you know, what if um, I did that? You know, what if we found out how Darth Vader became Darth Vader? You know, things like that. Anyways, but I do remember even as a child, because I've never rewatched them. I only watched them as they came out, and I was about, I want to say, 11 years old, 10, 11 years old when I watched this stuff. But I just remember hearing some of this stuff and thinking that this guy is batshit crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and that's always been something that George has, has dealt with, right? Like, you can go back and look at the original transcripts and the wills and all that stuff. Um George has been on some trippy moves with Star Wars and then it refined down. He's always been heady about the idea. I grew up with the whole idea. Oh, I wrote nine movies and they're all going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And it all seems to be a lot of bullcrap, right? Where he it just comes back down to money time, um, the impetus to do such things. And I read these comments. I'm not even going to get into them too specifically because it's, it's, it's just more musings by a guy who's very creative, you know, and and he can make it whatever it is. Now, he did submit. I read the Bob Iger book. He did submit a, a, a story arc for the three sequel films. There was no commitment, and Bob is very adamant about this. There was no commitment that they were going to adhere to it. There was absolutely, they paid him $4 billion and said, thank you for Star Wars. We would like to consult you. And he tried to write the stuff. And he basically got told, no, we're going in a different direction. And he's like, well, no, I don't like the direction you're going to. And now he's living vicariously through this new CEO, apparently. But that's a rumor. All right. So I don't know what kind of ink or what kind of blood is on on any future Star Wars product. But there are occasionally set pictures. Of George on The Mandalorian, holding the child, hanging out with Jon Favreau, hanging out with Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is his prodigal son. Like, Dave is the guy who learned under George about story beats, about everything that is pure and magic about Star Wars from the creator himself. And distilled of a lot of these little, I don't know, like facts that a lot of fans really circle in on and try to build a story around. And I don't think there's any story other than George might have been taking a dropping a deuce one day and thought about the idea that the sequel trilogies would be really cool if they did this. Mm-hmm. And then he pitched it out with the toilet paper and he went on to something else. Like, that's that's a creative guy. He's a, he's a freaking genius, whether you love it or hate it, Jar Jar Binks or whatever controversy you want to do. Star Wars has always been like that. And it's always been something that's situational. He didn't go in there thinking Leia's going to be Luke's brother. The only reason why he chose to put that in is because he needed a reason for Darth Vader to freak out in the fight in Return of the Jedi. Yep. He needed motivation. It, was, it served the story and the yep. characters. And, you know, Mark Hamill's like, well, what do you mean Carrie Fisher's my sister? And then now we've got prequels and everything like that. People have to calm their shit when it comes to this. That's uh, like Star Wars fans. Step back. Enjoy the fact that it exists. If you don't like it, don't worry. There's going to be more to come. It's like Fearless Fred says it all the time. Star Wars is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. (laughs) And, you know... Go buy the two hundred dollar book. Don't read it. Just look at the pictures. <laughs> okay. I, I'm impressed somebody read it. Yeah. To be honest. No offense to the author, but it it's 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 preserved in history. It's one of his musings. And I think that's you know, that's where I look at stuff like yeah. this. I don't get all wrapped up but, and sweaty in it because it doesn't change anything.
0: Exactly. The issue now is going back to the original. Thing that we were talking about and that's you know how these smaller stories can build into something bigger is now we're seeing in the mainstream geek media you know george these are george lucas's confirmed plans for the sequel trilogy you know from darth maul being the big bad to god knows what else was going on um and now people are just absolutely shitting on disney even more saying why didn't you do this why why did why why did you decide to cut uh, Lucas, oh, why this, why that, and this is that revisionist revisionist history, um, where now George Lucas is like now even more so seen as a martyr, you know, throughout <laughs> the Star Wars like, timeline. Come
2: on, Dave Filoni killed Darth Maul in Rebels. Yeah, all right, go watch the end of season three. I think it's the <laughs> second last episode. It it's done. Like mm-hmm. like Disney to their credit. Decided to bring Darth Maul into Solo Because they had the opportunity mm-hmm. Alright Canon is Canon now So whatever George was musing On the shitter that day Doesn't freaking matter Because it can't even work in Canon Yep. Alright so it's not Disney's fault <laughs> Like yep. okay the Rebels I, was produced I, under Disney but Dave Filoni <laughs> the prodigal son Who was given a total freaking Free pass yep. to just go and Create and try to make I, money yeah.
1: Well, and what the other side of it that I love for this retroactivity is one of the scripts that George wrote for episode seven is almost exactly what we got. Yeah. You know, like it was Kira instead of Ray, but like all the things that, that this crowd that has by and large gone to bat for, for Lucas. It, like these are the same people who are like, how dare they have a Mary Sue? I can't believe, guys, th- she thought about the fourth faster than anyone else and it's like anakin as a child destroyed a gigantic battle station
0: yeah Yeah. it's actually hilarious there is a a news report um that i've I've been reading as we were talking um and it's you know this is the headline fox execs told george lucas young anakin would destroy the franchise
1: I, i i remember back then a lot of people said he almost did
0: yeah a lot of people were done just... with Star Wars, and this is the thing. Like, let's remember, Disney didn't do the prequel trilogy. That was all George Lucas. That was one hundred percent George Lucas, the person that you, not you, okay, the general you, all are praising and wishing would come back. Created Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like,
2: like the guy has a creative vision. Whether it's on beat for a boardroom or whatever, you know, it, he's lived his life in such a way and expressed himself through his art that he's very passionate about what he believes in, whether you like it or not. And somehow it all cobbles together and works. And you, you see that now with all these kids growing up who cut their teeth on the prequels. And like, I'm, I'm serious, like, because where I'm tapping into this is through my Lego uh, collecting because a lot of the guys that are on YouTube right now who are big Lego influencers are of the age where they're in their early 20s. And they have a very revered outlook towards the prequels. And they're really excited, and they're, like, getting upset because Lego are going back to this 40th anniversary Empire-type theme on their releases, and they're like, well, come on, we need more Clone Wars. We need more, we need more prequel sets. To make us happy. Yeah. And things like that. So it, it's come full circle because it's also going to happen with this sequel trilogy where people are going to be like, oh, that's crap. You know, we're all there and we're all yeah. dissatisfied with it. You know, it's to the point now where Disney are talking about making a Lucas cut again. speculation. I don't think that there's much to it, to be honest, but. There is the idea that well they're gonna bring George in and it's gonna be the locust cut and it's gonna be they're gonna give Luke a proper death and blah blah blah. The
0: only way number one it won't be in canon, similar to another fucking reshoot. Um, but the only way that I see that even being humanly thought about is if Kathleen Kennedy does get the boot or leaves, because I don't think that there's any way in hell that you know she's gonna want George Lucas around um mm-hmm. to produce something, you know, especially if it's not in canon. Like that's that's the thing. Like Star Wars right now, they're so focused on the canon and why are they going to reneg on something? That's essentially saying we fucked up, mia culpa. There's no way Disney is going yeah. to allow for that, you know.
2: You can't retcon this.
0: Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. retcon that.
2: Like if so, you do, you look extremely weak. Yeah. as a company.
0: So the whole point that we're talking about this is, number one, it's always good chatter. Um, it always brings up a lot of opinions. Um, but, you know, it's just another thing about, you know, as you're looking through your news articles, always take into consideration, you know, revisionist history like this. You know, um, it, it'll be interesting to kind of read to to transport. And as the three of us hopefully are still podcasting within 15 years um, you know, old man Phil for sure He'll have a cane <laughs> and oxygen mask by that point. Um, you know, oh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how we take a look at things and, and like that are happening now and what type of revisionist, like you know, how the story is going to be retold. Like, can you guys imagine? <laughs> yeah, Kathleen, I'm, I'm betting Kathleen Kennedy saves Star Wars. <laughs>
1: yep, I, I'm betting in ten years, people are gonna love Last Jedi.
2: Yeah.
0: People are loving Phantom Menace right now. Like people yeah, That's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. Yeah, like people go to bat for Phantom Menace now. And I remember, mm-hmm. oh. you know, like that was it was the biggest joke. Like um yeah. Yeah, it was, it was
2: I I'm sorry, but if you go in there's a there's a Disney Gallery episode where Dave Filoni absolutely destroys anybody who takes a piss shot at Phantom Menace. Yep. In the sense that he Completely and analyzes this thing to that duel of the fates, really mm-hmm. being the actual. Du- I can't even do it justice. Like Dave just destroys and Like Bryce Howard and Br- like everybody's just sitting there, like just picking themselves up because Dave just destroyed. Like he he put an analysis on that show on that movie mm-hmm. that absolutely makes it respectable again. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. gonna say it changes the context that I look at that movie now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my, the, what criticisms I have for the prequel trilogy are not towards Phantom Menace at this point, other than like people who get mad at. Like I use it as a comparator with the mm-hmm. modern stuff, but
0: yep, it's just like you know the fact that they made a whole movie about Phantom mm-hmm. Menace being a joke of a movie, and that's fanboys. Um, you know. Because- <laughs> It's, it's like let's not forget, guys. Let's like let's not forget. Just because we're being told now that something was good doesn't mean that it was good back then. And I can equate this to something that's happening in the real world, but I don't want to get there today.
2: Yeah, no. And Fanboys is actually one of my favorite movies. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I, I
1: thought it was really sweet. I love yeah, that I mean, movie. a
2: great story in there. Yeah, it's just the friendship. Track- yeah, the Trekkers against the Star Wars fans. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, it was such was, a good movie. There was some comedic gold in that.
0: That's something that we should like live uh, review one day. Fanboys.
1: I mean, we could do that for one of the Christmas episodes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So you know, man, we're just uh, getting really real today. It's not like like yeah. I was saying. There's not a lot of real news going on. Um, but. Yeah. T- uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. So, Phil, you had mentioned earlier that you had some news on Star Wars. Or Lego. Sorry. Lego. Lego, LEGO
2: It's not Lego Star Wars. Well, there is a new set that's coming. We knew it was coming. There is a Mandalorian placeholder. That's going to be coming. I, this wasn't the news that I was thinking about, but I'm going to say it because it's on topic. And they're bringing out a, a the first episode um that we just had from season two. They're bringing out a set where it's going to be Mando in his Beskar armor. Because all previous versions of the Mandalorian minifig have been pre-Beskar. Or Mm -hmm. just a brown kind of crappy armor. And he's going to be on speeder bike. And there's going to be a Tusken Raider. And there's going to be a Baby Yoda. And it's going to ring in, I think, US for $29.99. So that means in Canada it'll be $39.99. So that's a great way to get your hands on a little baby... Yoda and lose it when your dog eats it and poops it out. Um, <laughs> the next thing that I'm going to bring up is the Millennium Falcon is no longer the biggest Lego set in history. Jesus Christ! Lego announced this week that they have a set that has something like I'm I'm just flying off the top of my head here. I'm not even going to Google it, but it's going to be 9,036 pieces, and it's in the architecture <laughs> line, and it's going yeah. to be the Roman Colosseum. So yeah. this is a controversial topic with some fans. It's actually going to be your most attainable big set at clocking in at about five hundred and fifty USD, uh, for that many parts. But the parts are absolutely microscopic. I've built some of these uh, architecture sets. They are fun, but they are challenging. They are so tiny, and you feel like you just spent. A hundred dollars on a lot of heavy small Lego. Um, so
1: for, what? I want to jump in really quickly. Just on a quick bit of commentary for uh, history
2: buffs, it is the Unruined Colosseum. Yes, <laughs> nice. So it's the full oval with yeah. the surrounding uh, walkways and and yeah. the
1: columns.
2: It looks great. I don't know where you're gonna put it in your house. Like yeah. it's, it's definitely a, a sizable puppy. I thought you <laughs> built it and then you lived in it. Yeah. It's a, uh, but you'd be surprised with, because these are micro scale. So it, it's re- they're a really dense build. They mm-hmm. are really packed and there's a lot of snot technique and whatnot, studs not on top and things like that. There's a lot of texture, a lot of greebling, a lot of of, yeah, it's Lego. Oh and one last piece of lego news lego masters 2 has been renewed the lego masters has been renewed for a second season that's so,
0: that's really cool i really really enjoyed that show
2: yeah i loved having the designers be the judges yeah it really made the the designers um made me pay attention and i followed a lot of them on twitter cuz yeah it's becoming a bigger and bigger part as these models get more and more accurate
0: yeah right and
2: yeah, we talked about it with Lauren.
0: Yeah, 7,541 pieces was the Millennium Falcon. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. This is, mm-hmm.
2: this is being reported as over 9,000. Holy yeah, 9,036, crap. I think. And and just for scale, though, one of the sets that I'd really love to buy, but I'm, I can't justify $850 on it, is the Imperial Star Destroyer. If you Google that, that's about four mm-hmm. feet of... Of it's about, uh, I think it's like 6,000 pieces or something like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: well, just under 5,000. I'm looking at it right now.
2: Yeah, I and the, the thing about that is it's mostly plates. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like this thing is absolutely jaw droppingly gorgeous, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. again, where the hell do you put it? Like,
1: yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, I watched it, I watched a build vid for that one, and it's mostly hollow,
2: which I found interesting. Yeah, like that, that thing's gonna sag because those technic pieces that are that are holding it up look very sparse inside. <sighs> so, I'd be concerned about the warping of the lego after a while, but I'm sure it's engineered well, so Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my lego hot minute.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks Phil. Um so one thing that did come up is this kind of made me laugh. Um and I don't know exactly what to think of this And that is that the Short Circuit franchise, awesome Mm. movie, filmed in Toronto, it's getting a reboot as a Latinx family film. I don't know exactly what that means. What? But there we go. Latinx? Like Latinos, that's what... Yeah, okay. that's the the, the, the that's the pronoun. proper pronoun now for yeah. all right for Excellent. Latinos. Well, I learned something. Else. I've never used it for myself, but people use it. and Good on you.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
1: I've had the specifics behind it explained, and it made yeah. sense to me it, it, as it a not sense.
0: not not like I'm I'm very white. Yeah, so it I'm makes it like, sen- cool. It makes sense to me. It really does. Yeah. It yeah. really really does make sense to me, um, especially for a language where you know you have to be very distinct on male female. So, you know. Yes. Or very, not distinct, yeah. very certain on male-female. So, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, everyone knows my view on, let's please stop rebooting things. Yeah. <laughs> please. Just come up with a new show. Yeah. That's they, the thing, yeah, like...
0: like they, short only people above the age of 30 really remember short circuit, right? Like I don't think anyone under the age of 30 would know unless you have an older sibling or awesome parents. You won't really know or find short circuit. So why reboot it? Why use that name? Mm-hmm. Call it I don't know, high voltage or something like that and it can be whatever you want. You see this is where the comic skates and um video and, and all these people you know get a lot of their ammo um you know a lot of them say why are we redoing this stuff and having you know the visible minorities or females or whatever and you're just changing history at this point you know so uh, mm-hmm. this is where they get a lot of their ammo um you know it's much easier to just create a new concept name it whatever the hell you want and it can be its own thing like there's no point in calling this short circuit if it's being changed so much Just let it live Isn't there let, Live and let controversy
2: live Controversy About Short Circuit Anyway Because they hmm? had a guy Who was like Indian-esque yeah. yeah But it was a white guy Yeah That they had And It's just like Like I know that I've seen controversy About that Where they're like It's not cool like, Yeah <laughs> I don't even know What you're mining At that point Yeah it's like Ooh, It's, it's kind of tainted As far as its portrayal Of Indian actors, yeah.
0: So, yeah, and you, you, you know, a lot of people, like my age, your age, kind of like will make fun of that accent because of just the way that he used to say Johnny Five, you know. So, like, I don't oh, know. It's yeah. just you're really digging at this point, and again, it's just you're taking something beloved to a it's... certain age group, a certain demographic, and kind of changing things. It's kind of like, you know, I I remember reading um a while ago that they wanted to reboot Porky's. I don't even know what that is.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. Um porkies was a thing. Yeah, um, it was a thing. <laughs> that was what? when you bought Star the Log magazine. When you bought Starlog magazine, all right. Porkies would pull out full-page ads of women's legs and guys staring, like the eyeballs staring in the shower. It was all about a peep show. I I don't know that I actually successfully watched it as a kid, but I just remember the hype.
0: I did. I watched it when I was eight years old. Oh, my God. (laughs)
2: you talk to your therapist about this?
0: I have a lot of things to unpack with my therapist about some of the stuff I watched when I was younger. You'd be shocked. Like, my parents had zero filter on what I watched. In fact, my dad would encourage me to watch some stuff with him. It was very awkward, very weird.
2: Yeah, I I, I remember getting a big charge out of Stripes because it had boobies
0: in it. Stripes. That's a (laughs) fucking great movie, too. You know, and that's the thing. Like, are they going to reboot that? Like, just leave these stuff alone. There's no point in remaking, rebooting any of this stuff. Like, that was a
2: Bill Murray masterclass. That movie.
0: Yep. John Candy. Bill Murray. John
2: Candy's first appearance in film.
0: Yep. As OX. Yep. Oh my gosh. Such a funny movie. Had um
2: Eugene Levy. yep. Yep. Like it was all SCTV at the time. Remember? Yep. Oh my gosh, I feel old. Well, that was a great show. I, I loved it. And Demi Moore. Wasn't Demi Moore in it?
0: I That I don't remember. And I, rec- I recently, recently, quote-unquote, rewatched it like five, six years ago. I got to revisit yeah. that one again. Such a good movie. Yeah. It, it's that, it's kind of like a, Police Academy in the Army, though. Yeah, In fact, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is.
2: Sean <laughs> Young. I'm thinking Sean Young. She was in Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, John Candy. Oh, that was a great show, good times
0: Yes, it really was All yeah, right. Stop getting to the bottom of
2: the barrel Everybody, come on, come up with some new stuff John uh, 5 is not alive <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Pratt Joins the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder Filming begins in Australia In January I wonder how many people are going to try to cancel Chris Pratt um, uh, yeah. uh, Let the man
2: do his own political thing yeah, we just This that. is where, it,
0: you know, sometimes you just have to separate the politics from the person. I know that sometimes, sometimes you can't. He's
2: allowed to have his own view.
0: But yeah.
2: Well,
1: he is. Um, I mean, I, mean, I think the most people's biggest offense was people were like, hey, Chris Pratt's a member of this group that's pretty anti-LGBT. And a yeah. bunch of people came to his defense, and people were like, where was that defense for everyone else? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was, I think, a much bigger issue to a lot of people. It was yeah. like, wait a minute.
2: That's Whoa. fair. I'm not saying that that isn't a problem. Hey, so I, I didn't dig into it. I, I, I avoided that one. When are we going to
0: talk about J.K. Rowling? I don't nah. want to. <laughs> that was a joke.
2: Yeah. that's. I still haven't I'm watched not, Harry Potter. I'm
0: not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. Um, I mean, that's another
2: one.
1: People are defending J.K. Rowling, and it's like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Uh Space Force Netflix has renewed this for season, season two. two. Uh, what? yeah. They didn't cancel it.
1: I know, right? Well no, they'll cancel for season three. Yeah. Okay.
0: Whenever the whenever the crew gets a raise, that's when they'll cancel it.
1: Yeah. And Netflix's default contract says that everyone gets a raise for season three.
0: Yep. Mm. Or a bonus. Yeah. Or a bonus, yeah.
1: That's okay. why that's why, yeah, someone I think it was
0: Wired, did a wonderful article on it. Yep, it was Wired. Um, we, and I'm trying to get the author of that article on this show so that we can discuss that. Um, Chris Nolan doesn't think not being able to hear his movies dialogue is a big deal. That's a funny one too. So
1: I actually, um, I, I've been a little bit of reading on film theory and film criticism recently. And this actually fits into a larger thing in like film theory from like an academic standpoint. And that is that, like, dialogue is largely considered to be unimportant compared to the rest of the movie, yeah. which is bananas.
0: <laughs> what? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, if you are educated in film and film theory, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. But for, yeah. you know, us people who are just want to be entertained, I want to be able mm-hmm. to hear what's going on. I don't care about oh. the nuances and this and that about a movie, you know? So... I get both point of views, but hmm. there's one thing that overshadows any point of view when it comes to a movie, and that's the money.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, didn't yeah. George Lucas want to film the prequels without actually it was all going to be music? He, stuff, no, it it's probably, like, he, he didn't, didn't want, want the why. dialogue. He didn't want the dialogue. So, he felt that the audience could follow the story. He not only
0: Fantasia. Yeah, it wasn't so much the dialogue; it was he wanted it all to be CGI. He didn't want any actors. Um, Ron Howard, funny enough, has a funny story uh, about like you know the first day on set when they were filming um, American Graffiti. Uh, he you know introduces himself to George Lucas, and George Lucas flat out says, "Day one of filming, I don't like working with actors." Boom. You know, Mm. so yeah, so it's 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 he's never really, and that's why they really dug deep on the CGI with the the prequel trilogies, um, which you know to its detriment, made it look so fake. Especially now that you, if you were to revisit those movies, man, you know someone should uh, remake them in the sense of updating some of that CGI because it's all green screen or blue screen or whatever. Um, It's all CGI, so you can actually update it to make it look better and uh, why did i just say that we're going to get that aren't we
1: yep
2: yeah <laughs> Talk. yeah star wars star wars george lucas once said dialogue isn't important
1: i mean sure and again this is not me defending the academic point it's just being like yeah the academy it's says that and yeah, i it's think it's, i think it's i mean i'm a writer and i think that's stupid but it's just yeah. you know the academy
2: is a mixed bag <laughs> I'll relate it back to a point. I don't know if I told this on the show or not. Mm. Boris will will know. Tyler will know. Um, I met Robin Williams once Mm -hmm. in a very informal uh, happenstance thing. I met him at the Silver Snail. And there was nobody around. It was just me and Robin. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about anime. And he was really into Ghost in the Shell, and so am I. Mm -hmm. And his analysis of Ghost in the Shell left me uh, speechless. Yeah, because the way he views it and the way I view it mm-hmm. are completely boys to men. Like, I'm just like, I like guns and boobs and the existential discussion about <laughs> your soul. And he's just like the Machiavellian breakdown and architecture of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the actual yeah. hell? I'm an idiot. I'm an yeah, Rob, Rob, idiot.
1: Robin Williams is one of those people I love watching actual interviews with when he's like genuinely down to talk because he's brilliant. Marilyn Manson, too, is surprisingly like, oh, well, actually, if we talk about the
2: riff here, it was influenced by, and you're like,
1: what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I, it was a very enlightening 20 minutes of my life, yeah. is watching him switch into stand-up comedian mode, yeah, oh, yeah. watching him be real Robin Williams when we're talking about cycling, when we're talking about our life passions. And that I knew about, that I'm going through the encyclopedia of my mind. Like, how many things have I read about Robin Williams? And he was friends with Lance Armstrong at the time. It wasn't disgraced. And, like, what are we going to talk about? Because I want to constantly remember this. Yeah. So, it's It's interesting. uh, It just
0: reminds me of that scene of Wayne's World when they meet um, Alice Cooper. -hmm. When they're just in awe, like how smart this guy actually is, it's like you know you always have to remember that with a lot of celebrities is that, especially someone like uh, Robin Williams, like a comedian, you know, um. And I talk, we talked about this with Fearless Fred, and it's like you know it's it's a character, you know, you're portraying a character when you're doing something like that, no matter what, you know, even to a certain extent, like the Boris, Phil, and Tyler that you guys hear on this show. You know, there's oh, yeah. certain things that, you know, there's certain differences from the real Boris, Phil, and Tyler. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, me to 60 um, <laughs> with some of the things that I say <laughs> and the way that I act and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. So one yeah, last we thing. We all
2: have our little characters.
0: Yep. One last thing before we talk about PlayStation 5. Um, and that is Twitch admits it handled DMCA takedowns poorly Says better tools are on the way So this is just, you know, so Twitch being Twitch at this point, you know, they know they fucked up on both sides They knew that they should have handled copyright and copyright infringements better But they also knew that they should have protected their customers more So, you know, they're kind of back backpedaling a little bit and saying mea culpa um and they have acknowledged that it's fault in the way that it handled the dmca controversy that put streamers at risk um but at the same time the company says that streamers aren't out of the woods just yet and they strongly recommend they not play licensed music during streams as negotiations continue between twitch and everyone in the world (laughs) um so yeah uh so this is basically Twitch is saying, you know, trying to still be the middleman, trying to not lose um customers while also not trying to be sued.
2: Yeah, and water's wet. Yeah. The, we,
1: we should do a DMCA IP episode at some point. Oh that's sorry, a fly just walked over my 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 camera flints.
2: Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that's the DMCA pe- pe- people. Yeah, they dominate.
1: on to me. Yeah. Oh, he's all about man. this camera. Oh my god. Yeah, we should do a deeper thing on cuz DMCA yep. is like a whole it's like a big topic and we should get we should talk to a lawyer to get something. We should get a lawyer on who's pulling the talk just broadly about
0: it. Yeah, for sure. That's actually that's in my notes is that that would be an awesome episode because a lot even all, you know, um streamers have been hit hard, but DJs. Oh, it's is also. Yep. You know. Yeah, a well, lot I mean, of even we podcasts. Have, yeah, yep. That's why yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Mostly all original music on this podcast for that very reason. Um, we got, uh, yeah, we always. You know, the only times we never got hit with DMCA, but we get hit with content, aka some butt hurt uh-huh. person is uh-huh. tattling on us, and the episode gets yeah. taken down, and then I complain, and it gets put back up minutes later.
2: Yeah, then they yeah, review yeah. it and they go, oh, a bunch of nerds yeah. talking about nerd stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you guys have anything else to talk about before we jump into our experiences with no, th- the PlayStation 5?
1: I think yeah, it's fly. PS5 time.
0: All right. PS5 so, Tyler, time. what it was your experience with the PlayStation 5? You s- talked a little bit about how you were lucky enough to get your mm-hmm. hands on one, almost two. Um, floor is yours
1: so i yeah i got in late after a day of work i didn't get mine until friday um i got in like 8 p.m and my partner was out uh for the overnight so i had the place to myself and i i i plugged it in uh got it doing the day one patching because it's gotta took the dog for a walk and i came in and it was i don't know what the ps5 has done whether they've done the sound design different or that hdmi is just that much better but my dog who like understands con- like vaguely video game time means we're gonna sit on the couch together and hang out but he was like paying attention to the television and he was like having a good time and i have a video of him <laughs> Like watching me play Miles Morales and reacting to stuff on the on the screen. That's hilarious. So they've got something else going on there. Um, but yeah, it um, there's a, a comic I think of from time to time, which is an old penny arcade, uh, entitled A Trick of Retrospective," and it's about like a Mega Man game, I think, but it's about that capacity for certain things to take you back to that point when you were like a ten year old again, mm. and, and. You know, you you, what was in this box or what was in this game, it would just solve all your problems. Like just everything would be better for a little bit. And I cracked into Miles Morales and it was just like for about two hours all of the problems were
2: gone. Mm. Yep. I concur. That that it's a nice feeling now. I don't have a PS five, but I do have a PS four pro. And I decided I made the executive decision. Friday night to download said Miles mm-hmm. Morales for the PS4 Pro, given that it upgrades free on the PS5. And so I purchased a digital copy and I do have to say it was rather comforting. Yeah. Sliding into that the the just the intro gameplay and whole handshake to welcome back mm-hmm. to Spider-Man was just so well done. Mm-hmm even better than the original game yeah i got like they really went on point with the matriculation of getting the player into the environment getting the player into the character and getting the player engaged in the story Mm -hmm. was just all really well done
1: i want to nerd out about two technical specifics about the ps5 in that game and one of them i actually a question for you phil having played on the ps4 Um, and this is delving deep but so one of the things that we've heard a lot about is the haptic response on the ps5 controller so Mm -hmm. in that opening mild spoilers miles rides a subway at one point
2: Mm -hmm. what happened to your controller during that um i will mention that this game more than any other game that i've seen Mm -hmm uses the rumble feature on the PS4 controller way more mm-hmm. than I think it's good for. <laughs> so oh okay. So I'm wondering if that's hidden all no. the time it seems. Like oh, okay so yeah.
1: So I think that's a, a poor porting because on the PS5, I was back on the, the the Manhattan subway line. Like I knew which line it was I've been to New York quite a few times and I love that city. It's one of my favorite cities on the planet. Um, And I knew that train and it was like the exact like didn't 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 and it's like a mild to thing, so the haptic was there and I noticed it immediately and that was like a great kind of tech demo they had I'm interested in what they do in future
2: things with it because that was that was neat as far as the reaction that I've seen on the internet about it mm-hmm. is generally that I've seen now this is mm-hmm. just opinion right like this is yep. just people spouting off on YouTube. Or on a games channel or whatnot that I I just pay attention to, yeah. and they're they're kind of critical of it. They said that it's being overused. It's almost like a gimmick in this game. They 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 think that there's a better use case for sure. being a little more subtle with it, and they're just because they felt it became a distraction. The, sure. How much the controller was leveraging the haptic.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, how much of that is also like, it's the new thing. You should really do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a line that the developers are definitely yeah. like a a, a, th- a way that they're going to be able to sharpen the experience and get on yeah. point with it, where they refine it and they go, you know, like, that we found that this was really
0: a, a nice feature, whereas mm-hmm. this is overused. Yeah, It, Just it reminded of me of an early... Oh, yeah. Go Demo for. units are going to play one of two games. It's going to play... Mm-hmm. Maz Morales, or Astro Playroom. So you want to Mm -hmm. oversell the features of that controller on whatever the stores are going to put as their demo unit game. That's a good point. Yeah. No, it's it's valid because Astro Playroom, as stupid and whatever, because it downloaded instantly. um, As I was doing other stuff. Yeah. uh, what's it called I, I was fooling around with it and like it was really cool like you know that was the first time that you Had that that, that haptic feedback you know to use the triggers mm-hmm. you didn't have to go all the way um, You felt what was actually happening to your character um, There was one early instance where you're kind of walking through water and a waterfall and just the way that it that felt you know was really mm-hmm. really really cool. So I can see, mm-hmm. you know, not only is this a demo for end users and consumers like us, it gives developers ideas and game designers ideas of what they can actually do moving forward with that controller. So, while overused yes. maybe, why wouldn't you overuse it for your launch title?
2: Yeah, I, that's definitely in yeah. there. Um it's, it's it's a very valid point The question that I have about it Is that Is this going to be a feature that only Sony developers Are basically mandated yeah. In leveraging Or is it going to be a feature that Other game developers AAA game developers mm-hmm. Are going to be able to Actually try to engage in Much like the touchpad right? The yep. touchpad for a lot of companies Is just a glorified X button It's a home button all right, but for like Sony games, even in Miles Morales, you' got to swipe left and then it brings up your app, and you can quickly track things through that, and you know like it's again, Sony say, no, you have to do a feature other than press in on it. like we want to use the touch controls. We want yeah. to use this. so my hope is is that if this you know this is is one of those things that pushes tilts the scale in favor of Sony in the next gen market is this controller. I hope that companies like cyberpunk 2077, like CD project red and, mm-hmm. and some of these other developers that maybe aren't just an exclusive in house development cycle start to use it. Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. I, I, it very much felt like ear, some of the early Wii games that way to me, but when yeah. everyone was like, how do we use this? Cause some of those early Wii games aged phenomenally and some aged very poorly. Yeah, exactly. Uh yep. the, the other thing, um, which I only, like, kind of noticed, and you notice a lot more and people start, like, pointing it out to you, but the the sheer capacity for the game to do graphical things, like um, in some of the suits you have, there's some reflectivity to it, and you can actually see, like, the world reflected off of Miles' suit being done as you go. And mm-hmm. I'm not a tech person. My understanding is that is, in part, caused by the ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, real
2: time shadow and light reference. Yeah. And
1: I thought that that was like
2: again, it, it felt very much like, oh cool, we're
1: doing a tech demo here. It looks really cool, it looks really pretty. I am very interested to see what it goes in some of these other ones. Um, especially with a couple of these more out there new IPs that we're seeing in the first year. I'm thinking your returnal and your death loop, which both like both of those have have my attention. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious
0: what those two do with some of this new tech because those look like very interesting new IPs. Yeah, death loop for sure has my attention. though um, so every game, every early game seems to be some form of loop type game, which is interesting. anyways, that's beside the point. Um, one thing that I did notice right away and it was actually brought to my attention from Jim Zub on from on his uh, Facebook, and that's mm-hmm. um, the depth perception of, you know, of um the new york skyline yeah. in spider man oh my god it's yep. insane i don't even think oh, yeah. i can see that far like <laughs> in real life irl yeah Yeah. oh no 100
2: percent. i gotta say because i saw him tweet that um and i took a look at my game and the draw depth is pretty high on the regular ps4 pro mm-hmm. yeah like the, it was equally like i was doing side by side and i'm like it's not that it's not that different. It's it's impressive yeah. like on both games. It's the way that the games made. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the sleeper pick that I'm looking forward to on the PS5 when I finally get it next year mm. will be um there's a cat game that absolutely looks phenomenal. That yeah, that cat game. Oh yeah. Like I'm all about that. I don't know, it just looks like it's going to be a lot more fun than people think. Yeah. I know there's a lot of games coming out in 2021 for
1: this that I'm like, well, I think I might want to cancel some of these writing projects and just accept (laughs) that my career is taking a hit.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Have you loaded up any PS4 games on your console, Tyler?
1: I have not yet. All right. Um, I, I, I had too much fun with Miles Morales. And then I tried uh Valhalla, mm. and for the that game that one of the one of the shining moments for that game was the um the the sensitivity of those the r two and l two triggers and how they use that in game because very quickly on the fly once you get used to it, you're able to adjust how far you're throwing with just like a quick flick yep, and you're throwing a lot of torches in that game to burn stuff yeah so like. Being able to do that on the run, it meant that it took me a little bit to get used to it because it's different. But by the time I got into, like, my first, like, oh, yeah, get in there and burn some
0: houses down, I, I felt like a Viking.
1: Because <laughs> okay. awesome. oh, it was, like,
0: yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I loaded up Metal Gear Solid Five, um, mm-hmm. and I have to say that, you know, it runs so fast because that game is a hog. Yeah. You know, and I, I had it locally. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I was never running off a CD, but even local install, that game was a hog. Um, the loading times were greatly improved on PS5. Uh, so that's one thing I really got to give it, you know, kudos to Sony for. Um, one thing that, you know, number one, the sheer size of the box, I would have hated to be a yeah. delivery person. You know, on Thursday and into this weekend, delivering mm-hmm. those PS5s. Like it is yep. the biggest box I have ever seen in my life. Um, and then oh, you have it. This... Also
1: has a yeah. Go for it, it has a plastic handle that everyone was reporting snaps.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that scares me. Um, mm-hmm. But then Where yeah, is
1: this so... handle. It's on the top, so you can like carry it like a briefcase.
0: Don't oh, do geez. it. Yeah. Oh, no, do no, not do. The system no. is heavy on top of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But it's you know what I gotta say it's 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 really well packaged. Um, yeah. They're, they're, like if that thing can get rattled, that thing can be dropped probably, and it'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, you don't you wouldn't want that to happen. But it's really well secured. Yeah. Um, it does use the new HDMI, so that's that's a thing. Um, yep. Uh, the yeah, which my TV has, which nice. was like,
1: oh, nice. Moi.
0: Yeah the uh, the sheer size of it. How do you have it standing up or laying down sideways. sideways? Lying down.
1: Um I have a a compact little like TV stand with one of those like bars at the back that and the TV is like oh, yeah. hanging from the stand. Um and it is sideways in the bottom shelf and it's like if you look down just as a result it's the focal point. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I've kind of leaned into that of it's like I have my little tiny PS1 next to it. <laughs> yeah. I have my little tiny steam, uh, little steam box because that's actually an amazing
0: piece of tech that didn't get enough love. Yeah. Um, the so I have mine standing up and it's Mm -hmm. about three quarters of the size of my TV. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how big it is. It is absolutely crazy how big it is. One thing that I needed that I did was I cleaned out the back of where the PS Five was going because I don't know how hot it's gonna get. Um, that's one thing that I'm worried yeah. about. Um, so hopefully the back of yours isn't like covered. Oh, there's just, like, nothing there. I, I
1: ran some initial tests because I am also worried about that. And yeah. as you may have heard during the podcast, listeners, I have a dog. Um, and the result is that there's a lot of fur. So everything gets it's blown out regularly. Um, and it's, it's doing a lot better than my PS4 did. Same. It doesn't sound like yeah. a jet engine, you know? Yep. <laughs> so- I mean... I, I think that's part of that design, actually, As I'm I'm betting part of that derpy design is acoustic management and heat management. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm thinking.
2: Oh, yeah. On the teardowns, it's all
0: heat sink and all airflow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Now, I did have one scare yesterday. So there's two mm. major problems being reported uh, with the PS5, and that is if you leave Spider-Man um, remastered on and you turn the system off, it fucks up mm-hmm. the storage, and as it tries Mm-mm. to reboot um, and Mm-mm. does its, its diagnostics, it crashes and say la vie. The other issue that's being reported is on... Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean it crashes and say la vie? Say la vie, as in it gets bricked. Oh, it's bricked? Yeah.
1: That's, that's what I wanted for the audience. <laughs> Don't
0: do that, people. So, if you're playing Spider-Man Remastered on PS5... Turn the game off before you shut down Or uh, put your PS5 in sleep mode Be careful Uh, The other issue is the queue to download issue Which I don't know how what happens But essentially just remove stuff Put stuff back on your list I haven't seen either issue But yesterday when I was playing Spider-Man Remastered I got to a certain scene And Mm -hmm. PS5 just turned off Um, Turned it back on It did the cycling You know the checking hard drive And my heart's beating like a mofo I'm sweating at this point And luckily everything is good Um, But who knows what happened Um, But yeah I just can't wait for these things to be updated Uh, But yeah overall
1: Go ahead Tyler There is a third issue that's being reported That I I saw earlier today
0: All right, Um,
1: And the, the third issue is that A lot of games, when you try to download them, and it's for digital-only games, they'll just sit in download
0: hell, and they'll get frozen. Yeah, that's the Um, queue to download.
1: Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I've
2: seen another one, too, with Mm -hmm. the new Call of Duty game, um, Cold War. Apparently, it downloads the PS4 version, Mm -hmm. and you can't access the PS5 version. You yes, And you have to reinitialize your entire console. And then reload your profile back onto it, and Mm -hmm. then the PS5 version will and re-download the game, and then the PS5 version will run. But you have to—that's a licensing issue
0: there. The other thing you can do is revoke all your licenses, get and redo your licenses on your profile. Okay. Um. Anyways, uh, where was I going to go with that? Yeah, uh-huh. overall things are running fairly well. One thing that you have to be cautious about is if there is a game that you own that's on PS4 and it doesn't show up on your list to download, you might have to actually select that it is a PS4 mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah. But, you know, the the one thing is that the menu is really neat, um, but it's kind of weird because right now you don't have option of different themes, um, because it's all kind of there like your store is just embedded into the ui now um mm-hmm. ps now is embedded into the ui ps plus is embedded into the ui uh you still can't yeah. create folders so you know a lot of the day one stuff that you saw with ps4 is there all uh, right now on ps5 um in regards to pressing the playstation button I'm like, how the fuck do I turn this thing off? It took me like a couple minutes to realize that, you know, you have to get to that menu um, and then that's the only place that you can see the power on, off, and whatnot.
1: Yeah. It also has the same as PS4, where if you
2: just leave it, it'll just go into low power. Yes. Yeah. Just don't do it while
0: playing Spider Man. (laughs) Yes. Close Spider Man Remastered as any time that you're done with it.
2: Otherwise you got a finny hood Uh, you got a finny brick mm-hmm. Yep exactly
0: <laughs> Outside of that you know the system is running great Um, I think that you know One major complaint that I have And it's not to the system itself It's to the release It's that the fact that there really aren't A lot of release titles So thank god wow. the place. This is the first time I'm going to admit it And thank god the PlayStation 5 is Backwards compatible with PS4 at mm-hmm. the very least
1: Yes if it wasn't compatible, I mean, it'd probably still sell. This year is so weird.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I'm really excited for the 12th because, as of recording, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk hasn't been delayed again yet, <laughs> despite some rumors. But that I'm nice. I'm really interested to see how what that does on that hardware.
2: Yep, cross your fingers, boys and girls. The yep. cyberpunk is coming. Let's hope. Now look, I just
0: gotta watch that stock just pull a square Enix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Yeah. Anything else to wrap up the discussion? Uh, it's it's just I I
1: mean I think that we're starting to see people reporting this, but it looks like Sony has tra- has gotten Xbox real good again. Um, <laughs> like it's. Looking at those production numbers, looking at those sales numbers, I'm interested to see what Microsoft does next because I think that unless their strategy is just it's a PC for your compute for your television, and also we're just going to like if they had just like free like oh your saves are all on both your PC and your Xbox, whatever, who gives a shit? And they just did it that way. That's a really good outflanking maneuver. But if they decide to get into the mud versus Sony, I'm interested to see what happens.
0: Yep. So here's my take on on kind of the Xbox-Microsoft strategy. Phil, I want your opinion after this, Um, and that is, you know, I saw many articles referencing to the fact that there was a lot of discussion that they were going to cancel the Xbox project. Um, So I think that Microsoft as a company is really focusing on the services, Game Pass, uh, making it compatible among where anything that you know you can connect to, including your fridge and whatever. Um, so I think that overall, that seems to be the strategy that Microsoft is doing and using moving forward with less emphasis and on, on the actual consoles themselves. So it will be interesting to kind of see what if this is maybe possibly the last console that they have. Um, but they seem to be all in uh, with services.
2: Yeah, that's basically my Xbox experience on, you know, the now last generation. Um, it seems to be where they're targeting. They want my $16 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy to fork it over just in terms of reducing video game expense. Yeah. Um, So that is a bonus. But I see that as a strategy. But they really, right now, in my opinion, the dangerous part that Microsoft has performed now is releasing that Xbox Series S because it hampers the developers, it, hamper, it confuses the marketplace, and it's economically an eyesore because yeah. it's cheap, but yeah. to upgrade it to be a usable thing, it's not cheap, and then you may as well have bought an X, and I think you're going to have buyer remorse all over the place. You're going to have confusion, and you're going to have developers abandoning it as far yep. as you know support it's going to be too difficult right like mm-hmm. you're just going to have Bethesda and 343 and you know the the companies that are developing for gears and whatnot basically committed to this thing but that's always going to be a hindrance on de- on development.
0: i'm really nervous about the buyers of morse and i'm even more nervous about the developers and third party devs wanting to support that console because i have this fear that in 12 to 18 months, we're going to see a headline that reads, Xbox Series S cancelled. Yeah, yeah.
2: like, everything about it is annoying to me. The fact that they reused the vernacular that they used on the Xbox One, with the X and the S, and then to put a series in there, it's just, it reeks of just dumb... Frickin'
0: decision. What's worse is that if you log on to Amazon, if you log on to Best Buy, if you log on to Walmart, you know what seems to be selling out a lot fast right now? The old X version. Xbox X, or sorry, Xbox One S. The amount of people buying the One S thinking that it's a Series S. Guys, come on. What happened with the X? Yep.
2: People were getting the X showing up on Tuesday. Like, yep. Microsoft have really bottled it here. Like, like, why couldn't you call it something else? The yep. poopy, poopy bum drawers device. Anything. I don't care. Yep. Anything. But reusing that. It's just hell for parents. It's hell for kids. It's no fun to have to. It's like Sony with their product numbers. Oh, well, you should try out our XDR-327013ZX1-3A. uh A. Yep. That's the model you're after for. Like, come on yep it's not customer friendly, but nah eh, that's angry Phil for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think we've really gone in deep about what we like, what we don't like, what we expect. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. I'm sure as we get more games and more time with the systems, but those are our initial reactions. Thanks, Tyler for that. Um, and Phil, I hope you can join us sometime soon in this world of PlayStation 5.
2: I'm um, targeting January. I got a birthday coming up.
0: Yep, you
2: and, do. And going to have a nice big white PS5 in
0: there. All righty. So for anyone who wants to send us feedback, say hi, tell me to fuck off. Phil, can you tell us how they can do that?
2: Wow, what a lead-in. We're going to go deep on this one.
0: Our website
2: is www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at it's Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. That's the best way to get to us. And you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Amazon, really anywhere you find a your podcast, you're going to find us. And if we're not there, let us know and we will get there. If you like what you hear so far, make sure to basically subscribe and get notified whenever we have one of these things come out. And uh, it be really kind of you to leave a rate and review, you know? We, yeah. we like that. Thank you, yeah, everyone.
0: Who, yes, thank you to everyone who has left a review and a rating. We are still five stars. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you for everyone who puts up with our ramblings of geeks. Um, but just a quick reminder this week you have today's news episode. You have Mando Monday as we review season two, episode three, chapter 11. And then no featured episode on Wednesday. But on Thursday, I'm back with Matt as we chat about all things NXT. That leads us into Thanksgiving week, where we have a full rotation of shows for you. So thank you, everyone. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. And it's the E.S. Canon Podcast, the podcast where we chat about all things everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. Goodbye.